Now, if you have your copy of God's Word, open with me for the last time to Daniel 7. The good Lord willing. (laughs) Now, my intention is to clearly get finished with this. Had a few inquiries this past week about would there actually be a resurrection Sunday sermon, and the answer is absolutely. We get one opportunity each year to to um, fire that bullet of the proofs of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and call all men unto him. But this morning, as we finish Daniel 7, um, we do so with a view to understanding and finishing off um, an understanding of what I've been calling a contemporaneous view of Daniel chapter 7, which is an expansion of Revelation that was first given in Nebuchadnezzar's dream back in chapter 2. That of four, in in Daniel 7, we see that of four contemporaneous nations on the earth from which the, what I call the end times antichrist will come from and then will fashion a one world government that will raise its ugly head against Christ and his anointed in what we see in Revelation 19 as the Battle of Armageddon. And we're going to see that here this morning, so bear with me. I'm going to take you to Revelation 19 and show you how that parlays in perfectly with Daniel chapter 7. Now, what we're going to see this morning, where we're picking up this morning, we got from last week we saw the first vision of Daniel 7, which was of the four beasts. You get to the fourth beast when you get to verse 7 of Daniel 7. Um, you've got the, the lion, you've got the bear, you've got the leopard, and then you've got this in verse 7, this other beast that Daniel says is more terrifying than all the others, and it had the ten horns, that one. And then we got to verse 8, and um, amongst those ten horns sprang up a little horn. Perhaps you remember all this. We've been looking at it for several weeks now. Um, and so we've, that's the first vision that we got to with Daniel. And so uh, this morning from verses 9 all the way down through verse um, 14, we're going to see three more very distinct visions that Daniel had um, in, by, by means of revelation that he recorded for us in Scripture. And the first, I want to just kind of give you an overview of where we've been and where, and where we're at you perhaps remember this really glorious chart that I labored over for you. So again, just by, under, uh, by understanding, you see the arrow right here, this white, long white arrow. Um, this is saying that what I'm doing is I'm taking the very end of Daniel chapter 2 of the, this number 5 and number 6. So you've got the feet and the toes down here that represent a kingdom. It said there in verse 44, in the days of these kings, the God from heaven would uh, cause another kingdom to rise. And that's number five and number six. So I simply took that and I moved it up here to the top of the chart so that you see that what I'm talking about is still something that's after us. We're still looking for this in the same way that Daniel was looking for this. And so in Daniel's vision, the contemporaneous view is saying that these four beasts the lion, the bear, the leopard, and this other fourth beast, are four nations that are on the earth at the end of world history as we see in the scriptures and as God has revealed for us. 
And it's my perspective that probably, um, not from Daniel's vantage point when Daniel was seeing this, but from ours, it would be my speculation that these four nations or these beasts that some of them made, made up of more than one nation are already on earth even today as we know it. Perhaps China is one of these. Perhaps Russia might be one of these. Perhaps etc. etc. I don't know definitively because the word doesn't tell us explicitly. But they're probably already on planet earth and as you pay attention and you see observations of the world and it's and it's moving forward in terms of its desire towards a one world government. As a matter of fact, I just saw yesterday some kind of an article where President Biden made an executive order to, to start the, um, the creation of electronic money. I think I just saw that yesterday. So as you start, just pay attention. There's no need to fear this stuff. God's given us revelation. We know the beginning from the end. We know who wins. And if you're in Christ Jesus, you win. Amen? Amen. There's no need to fear. Is there any need to fear death? No need to fear death. Why? Who conquered death in the grave? Christ. Who are we in? Christ. We're seated in the heavenlies with who? Christ. <laughs> There's no need to fear any of this. Now, we, we see in verse 28 of Daniel 7 that when this matter and this revelation ended, Daniel's thoughts were greatly alarming because it was alarming to him to see these, these visions and things that were to come. And I'll be honest with you, the thought of them is indeed alarming. No, does anybody enjoy affliction and pain? Never, right? I mean, you want more pain? Never. I mean, no, of course, we're not, we're not signing up for suffering and pain. Nobody's out looking for it. But if it happens and it comes in our lifetime, we need fear not. The body was made by God, and at a certain threshold of pain, it's, you're just out anyways, right? Absent from the body, present with that's all I've got to say about that one. So it's not that big a deal. So here we are. These are things that happen that we're still waiting to see. And here was the first vision, verses 4 through 7 and verse 8 right here. Because in verse 8, we saw the little horn rise up. And so here we've got number 5, and we've got number 5. So here's the feet, that ten-toed nation. Well, that ten-toed nation, as you see, I've got an arrow going over to this fourth beast because it had ten horns, and those ten horns are ten kings, which are going to be ten kingdoms. And so that's where there's an expansion of revelation from Nebuchadnezzar's dream in chapter 2 that Daniel, by God's revelation, is given to expand on that and this is where they connect these the, the the feet this kingdom and this these horns right here and then from these horns we've got in Daniel 8 the rising of this little horn right here but don't forget number six over here see number six it still comes the rock from heaven smashes and we win okay so that's an overview so the next three visions we've already covered that many times that's why I'm rushing through it so fastly if it's your first time, go to YouTube and you can pause it and you can see it all and probably copy screen and print it or something. All right, okay. But here we go. So the first vision that we saw was last week. Daniel sees four beasts or the last several weeks, okay? And what we're picking up on today here is in verses 9 and following. And so the second vision that Daniel has is that of a vision in heaven. And he sees the Ancient of Days in heaven and he's seated it says and he's preparing the heavenly court for judgment against the antichrist and these nations that's what we're going to see in verses 9 and 10 and then in verses 11 and 12 we're going to see daniel's third vision and daniel in this third vision sees the destruction of that little horn remember this guy right here he sees the destruction of that little horn the antichrist 
who is given to the burning fire, and I've got that in quotes because it's right from the text, and he also sees that the other beast of verses 4 and 6, which is from the first vision, are granted, again in quotes, an extension of life. So we're going to see that the first beast is, is, is destroyed, given to the burning fire, and that the other beasts that were before, remember the word before, that beautiful word, before that fourth beast, they are granted an extension of life. But it's only for a specified period of time, and we will get to answering that here today as well. And then the fourth vision of Daniel we're going to see is it from verses 13 and 14. It's a fourth vision that Daniel sees one like a son of man coming on the clouds before the Ancient of Days. That doesn't mean he does it before the Ancient of Days and then the Ancient of Days does it after him. No, it's, it's not concurrent. It's what? Spatial. He is now before the Ancient of Days. The Son of Man is before the Ancient of Days and is then given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Now, these three visions, 2, 3, and 4, when we get from verse 15 and go all the way through verse 27, you're going to see a recapitulation of these truths, these visions played out over and over and over three specific times. In other words, from verse 15 all the way to verse 27, what you're going to see again and again is um, the Ancient of Days taking a seat for judgment. You're going to see that the, the little horn, the beast, who's the Antichrist, is destroyed. And, that, and um, you're going to see one like a son of man who's given dominion and glory and a kingdom. And you're going to see that one time in a very high view, a very summary view like bookends. You're going to just see it stated in verse 17 and 18. You're just going to see it stated in a, in a big view and then 21 and 22 you're going to get more specific and then in 25 6 and 7 you're going to see it with a little bit more detailed again but that's all you're going to see you're going to see these visions played out three different times through the rest of the book of Daniel so it's not all that complicated when you see it from that perspective does that make sense okay let's take a look at this a little bit closer now that we have a little bit more of the larger picture of where we're headed look at verses 9 and 10 this is Daniel's second vision, the first being that of the beast, verses 2 through 8, the second vision here, 9 and 10, a time of final judgment being prepared. I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His vesture was like white snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames. Its wheels were a burning fire. A river of fire was flowing and coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands were attending him. And myriads upon myriads were standing before him. <clears throat> the court sat and the books were opened. So again, all we see here is that the Ancient of Days, who we believe clearly would be identifiable with God the Almighty, God the Father, whose throne of judgment is this massively um, ablaze with flames, its wheels burning fire, its thrones were ablaze with flames, fire was flowing and coming out from before him. It's this image of just uh, great um, power. We see this here, and, and it says that he sat. Um, the Ancient of Days took his seat. Thrones were set up. He took his seat. Verse 9, verse, at the end of verse 10, the court sat. 
So it seems as if the heavenly court, as the thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat at his throne, myriads were there, and the court sat, and books were opened. And so we know that these books perhaps must have been had some kind of information in them that were relevant to the Ancient of Days. But it doesn't give us exactly what that is here in Daniel's vision. So, we see we had his first vision, 2 through 8. We see Daniel's second vision, 9 through 10, where he sees the Ancient of Days preparing a heavenly court for judgment. And I'm inserting this here because it's going to become more revelatory as we keep going, setting up judgment against the beast. Okay, remember the beast? Of course you do, because I haven't let you forget about that. I've shown you that picture many times. Now, notice the next vision. Take a look. 11 and 12. Then I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. And so we saw in verse 8, we saw what the horn had eyes of a man and a mouth that speaks boastful words. So when you make the connection, this is that horn. This is going to be the, 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 the Antichrist horn as we're going to make some connections for us here in just a bit. I kept looking because of the sound of the boastful words which the horn was speaking. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and given to the burning fire. As for the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but an extension of life was granted to them for an appointed period of time. Verse 11, the little horn that had the eyes of a man and boastful words is slain and its body is destroyed and given to burning fire. Daniel sees this in his vision. And then he also sees the rest of the beast, which would clearly be a reference to the other three beasts, if you remember the, the image. Where's my image? Oh, it's too far back. The image of the four animals, right? The, these beasts that came up from the earth. So the little horn is destroyed, body slain. The rest of them, those other beasts the, the, that he had propped up and that he had brought in into his fold of a one-world governing authority, we see that he... Um, we see that they are given an extension, it says, of life. And it just says it's for an appointed period of time. It doesn't tell us how long. And I think we're going to see a passage in Revelation that might help us understand what that means, this appointed period of time with regard to those other kings of the earth. Okay, So that's what we see here in his third vision. Then we get to his fourth vision. So again, you've got the first one, verses 2 through 8 of the four beasts. You've got the second vision of the Ancient of Days preparing the heavenly court for judgment against the beast. We see that judgment take place in the third vision in 11 and 12 with the destruction of the little horn uh, who was given to the burning fire. And then we see that the other beasts were granted an extension of life for a period of time. The, the next and the last vision, the fourth vision that Daniel sees here, again, it says, I kept looking, which des designates a separate vision it's all in the same time frame, but it's, it's, a, it's designated as a unique aspect because of those I kept looking. We see that repeated again. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom, that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him, his dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. 
So here we see that Daniel's vision has shifted from earth back up into a heavenly vision. Again, before the Ancient of Days. And we saw the Ancient of Days was with a court and that there was um, a heavenly host there that took their seats and that books were opened. We saw that in the first vision. And um, here we see that, that one comes on the cloud. There's a cloud rider. There's uh, one with the clouds of heaven like a son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days. So this one like the son of man we spent some time on in the last uh, previous sermons identifying this one like the son of man as being Jesus Christ. And that phrase, the son of man, is utilized most specifically in the gospel of Matthew on a n many occasions with reference to Jesus Christ. So this ancient of days, again, would seem to be God the Father, the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, who comes before God the Father at this time of judgment of the beast. And, and we see here that to him, the Son of Man was given what? Dominion, glory, a kingdom that all the what? Peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. That's an important phrase. That all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Here we see that Daniel's vision again has shifted back from earth into heaven. And we see how God the Father in preparation for judgment of the beast is also having preparation for the coronation of king jesus over a kingdom that will endure forever and ever and ever that all the people's nations of every language would serve him and so like we saw in that chart and like we saw in daniel chapter 2 we saw there in chapter 2 a rock that was cut without hands was going to smash some feet and would establish a worldwide kingdom that would have no end daniel's vision is an, ex, is an expansion of that. So the rock from Daniel chapter 2 now gets personified as the son of man, the Lord Jesus himself, who's going to be coming and establishing said kingdom. So again, Daniel 7 would be viewed that in that regard as an expansion on the end of Daniel chapter 2. So these are the four visions that God revealed to Daniel. Verses 2 through 8 of the four beasts. Second vision, 9 and 10, Daniel sees the Ancient of Days preparing a heavenly court for judgment against the beast. We see in the next vision in 11, 12, the destruction of that beast given to the burning fire. And we also see that those other beasts from the first vision up here are granted an extension of life for a specific period of time. And we will touch on that here just briefly when we get over into Revelation. And then the fourth vision... Verses 13 and 14, Daniel sees uh, again up in that court in heaven, uh, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ himself, coming before the Ancient of Days and was then given a kingdom that would never be destroyed. The coronation of Christ over an eternal kingdom. So these are the visions that Daniel has seen. Okay, Now the only thing that, as I tried to preface at the beginning, uh, that we have left to understand of Daniel 7 is this what we call a, an inspired interpretation of Daniel's vision. 
So we're going to kind of work our way from verses 15 all the way down through verse 27. And as I mentioned, what we're going to see over and again and again, you're going to find yourself seeing parts and pieces of these three visions. Well, probably even in conjunction with this because it will make reference to beast. You're going to see how these four visions basically just kind of get, keep getting recapitulated and stated over and again and again three separate times as we make our way to the end of this book. Notice how this works. In 15 and 16, Daniel 7, 15 and 16, notice, As for me, Daniel, after seeing all this, he said, My spirit was distressed within me, and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. I approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. So as, as I think we could understand, Daniel's rightly distressed. He's alarmed by what he sees. He's just faithfully writing down what he saw in his vision. He sees there in verse 16, he sees one that was standing by, and so he, cho he chooses to approach him. I approached one of those who were standing by. Um, we believe this to be one of those angelic uh, messengers. And so Daniel's asking an angelic messenger, for the, as it says, for the exact meaning of all this, of these visions that he has seen. He's going to seek more information as to what exactly this is. And it says in verse 16, he told Daniel and made known to him the interpretation of these things. So let's look at verse 17 and let's take a look at these things. 17, these great beasts which are four in number, are four kings who will arise from the earth. So we don't have to worry too much about the, the uniqueness of those images and all that, and we've kind of been through that. These, these four beasts, in essence, are four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. So when you go back and you start reading from verse 1 and forward, when you get to 17, that kind of helps shape some of that apocalyptic language um, out to be pretty easily and under, understandable. They're just four kings making up kingdoms who will arise from the earth, okay? So that's what we see. And then in verse 18, it says, But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. What vision was that? That was number four, right? So basically here, he sees a summary. He sees the first vision, and he sees the fourth vision in 17 and 18. These beasts are four, there's four beasts who are four kings, that's vision number one, and then vision number four from verse 18, but the saints of the highest one are going to receive an eternal kingdom. That's the summary that he initially receives, and that's one of the three summaries that Daniel gets with regard by means of clarification and interpretation of what's happening here. This one is very high view, almost lacking all detail at all. It's just four beasts, there are four kings, and there's going to be something dealing with the saints and, and the highest one and, and the kingdom for them that's going to endure forever and forever. Okay, so where do we see this? Well, we see four beasts right here, right? We see four beasts, and then we see this right here. That's what 17 and 18 deal with. Four beasts and an eternal kingdom. Let's keep moving. Look at verse 19. Daniel starts asking some clarifying questions. Then I desire to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast. So he narrows in, which was different from all the others. Remember the fourth beast, this one over here? This is the one he's now narrowing in on right here, okay? Let's not be 
confused on that one. I desired to know the exact meaning of that fourth beast, which was different from all the other, from all the others. And by the way, that fourth beast was what? What was that fourth beast? It was a king that's over a kingdom. So it's just dealing with people on earth, kings and kingdoms on the earth. So some of this imagery can get a little bit like, wow, that's it. No, it's just kings and kingdoms on the earth. Okay, so again, keep that in mind. 19, I decided to know the exact meaning of the fourth beast, this king who's over a kingdom on planet earth, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its claws of bronze, and which devoured, crushed, and trampled down the remainder with its feet. And the meaning of the ten horns, verse 20, that were on its head, and the other horn which came up, and before which three of them fell, namely the horn which had eyes and a mouth uttering great boasts. There's verse 8 again, which was larger in appearance than its associates. So here we see that Daniel turns his interest, again, specifically to that fourth beast. It was different from all the others. Uh, and, and here we see in the description of that other horn, which came up before, three of, before whom three fell, uh, this other horn, by contrast to its description in verse 8, if you remember in verse 8, it was referred to as a little horn. Here now it's being referred to as a larger horn in appearance than its associate. So even within Daniel's revelation given by God, you're seeing a progression of revelation even within one chapter. From the smallness of the horn that overpowers the three and now is becoming a more dominant horn. We even see that in the language of Scripture itself, a progressive revelation right before our eyes in the same chapter. That little horn is growing in size and in power, and that's what Daniel has the greatest interest in understanding, okay? Because that's the one that had the eyes like a man and a mouth that was uttering great boast. Now let's keep moving. Look at 20 and 21 and 22. And here we're going to see a recapitulation of the four visions. Same thing. Saying the same thing. I kept looking. And that horn was waging war with the saints. Well, a little bit of new information. We gather now that the little horn that was growing in size is now waging war. Remember from the first vision, back, the first uh, drop in on 17 and 18 just the high view is the four beasts the four kings and the saints are the highest one well now he wants to know more specifically about that that horn that had the eyes and the mouth and then over here uh, we see <clears throat> that that horn is now waging war with the saints that are going to get that kingdom forever and ever so that's a little bit it's, it's all within that vision it's just a little it's just it's, it's given to us in a way that we, we're, we're, we're getting a little bit more revelation as, as we go here. And we also see that that little horn is what? It's overpowering the saints. It overpowered them. Verse 22, but not forever. Until the Ancient of Days came. Remember the Ancient of Days who sat in this court of heaven to pass judgment against the beast and also to grant the, um, the one like a son of man an eternal kingdom. Remember that from the visions? That's all we see playing out right here. Until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was passed in favor of the saints. So when the Ancient of Days came is when the Ancient of Days showed up there in verse 9 and took his seat in the courts of heaven. And he passed judgment. That's how we kind of know that he sat in the court of heaven for judgment. Is we're, we're getting more revelation. We're getting more detail. The Ancient of Days came he and judgment was passed. 
It was against the beast, and it was in favor of the saints of the highest one. We know it was against the beast because the beast was waging war with the saints, but the Ancient of Days passed judgment in favor of the saints, which means the, the, the war that the beast was waging against the saints must not have gone so well for him, right? I mean, it's really, it really is that simple when you, when you boil it down. And at the very end of 22, the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom, the fourth vision, right? A kingdom that will endure forever and ever and ever. So here we see the connection with Daniel's second vision where the Ancient of Days took his heavenly seat in the heavenly courtrooms in preparation of passing judgment against a beast, but instead grants favor to the saints of his own, of the highest one. And we see that on the chart right in here. And so I've, I've updated the verses. I keep updating this verse down here at the bottom. You probably don't notice it, but I've been updating this verse with each pass. Every time I show it, I keep updating it with where we're at in the text. So that's why I've got 21 and 22 here, because uh, judgment's passed. Remember the, the dream from 2. Now we know that this rock isn't just a rock. This rock is a son of man. This rock is a, is a personage, and this personage is going to come, and, and this beast down here is going to be waging war against the saints, but the Ancient of Days is going to pass judgment in favor of the saints and take out the beast. Okay, that's what we're going to see. Keep watching. Now, before we keep moving forward in Daniel, I want to take a little excursus real fast over to the book of Revelation. And I'm going to show you how this parlays in with this right here. Over to Revelation 13, okay? Verse 1 and 2. It says, And the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore. We've seen that language in Daniel 7, 1, a seashore language. And then a beast, what, coming up out of the sea. We saw that exact same language in Daniel chapter 7. And in Daniel 7, 4, Four beasts came up, remember them? The lion, the bear, the leopard, and the fourth one with the ten horns and all that stuff. This beast right here is an, is an amalgamation of all of those beasts combined into one after the little horn uproots the three, grows in size, and basically establishes his one world government. And this is what you see pop out of the sea in John's revelation, which is, again, progressive revelation from that of Daniel's. But notice, and the dragon stood on the sand of the seashore, then I saw a beast coming up out of the sea, having ten horns and seven heads, and on its horns were ten diadems, and on its heads were blasphemous names. And the beast which I saw was like, notice, a leopard, and his feet were like those of a, a bear, and his mouth like that of a lion, just like we saw in Daniel 7. And the dragon gave him his power and his throne and great authority. This is arguably one of the most detailed visions of the one-day destined United Nations, one-world power under the leadership of the Antichrist. The one-world power of this beast. A few weeks ago, I gave you these quotes from the commentary on Daniel by Chris White. I'm going to read them again for you. He said, this is an unambiguous reference to Daniel chapter 7. The fact that we have a lion, a bear, and a leopard... In the same place, all in context of the Antichrist, is enough to cause us to pay very close attention. But when you see that it has seven heads and ten horns, a direct correlation to Daniel 7, the possibility of this being a coincidental similarity 
is not a reasonable option. If you take the beast in Daniel 7, that is a lion with wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and a ten-horned beast, and you combine them all into one beast, you would have a seven-headed, ten-horned beast with characteristics of a bear, a leopard, and a lion, exactly what we see in Revelation 13. Now, you may perhaps remember a few weeks ago when we were going through this, I, show, I showed you the image of this beast as it has been crafted and portrayed um, in December of 2021 at the United Nations. They put that, remember the image I showed you of that? I think it was maybe Pastor Matt or somebody brought to my attention after that, after that Sunday, um, was it you? You went looking? Uh, the United Nations has come in and taken that statue down. That they have had so many, I guess, complaints with regard to its meaning and they're claiming misinterpretation, of course, because the beast that they constructed that looks just like this beast from Revelation 13, they deemed that it was a unifying image, one of peace and tranquility and unity. That's what they claimed it to be. But I guess the internet must have blown up on that uh, from December of last year, I guess, until the, almost the week I preached it. And uh, currently, that grotesque image has been taken down. But here we see this beast of Revelation 13 that comes out of the sea is governed and led by the Antichrist, and the dragon gives this one its power. And this dragon is none other than the devil himself. Now, if you were to ask yourself, where are we at with regard to this beautiful chart that, that we have here? Well, um, we're right down in, in, in a stage somewhere right in here. Because the little horn who's the Antichrist, who brings all these earthly, worldly nations together, pops up in Revelation 13 as one united nation I mean they may have differing names like this may be China this may be Russia but they've all been united under the power and the the guise of this one end time world leader the Antichrist so somewhere we're right about here and as we've been reading in Daniel 7 what's going to happen to that beast the ancient of days takes its seat in a judgment, right? And it gets destroyed, right? And as a matter of fact, it says it gets thrown into burning fire, right? That's what it says about this horn and it's the nations it rules. So in Revelation 13, we see a little bit more information about this specifically. Now, I'm just going to quickly, yes, I've got some time. I'm going to quickly read for you just the rest of this from Revelation 13, from 3 down through 10. And just pay attention. We don't have time to get into this. Just pay attention to the some of the courses of, of, and the contours that get mentioned here, and be thinking Daniel 7 along the way. In verse 3, I saw one of his heads as if it had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed and followed after the beast. So it seems that this beast may take a fatal wound, but miraculously gets healed, and the whole earth follows after this beast they worshiped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast and they worshiped the beast saying who is like the beast and who is able to wage war with him well the answer was was nobody no one will be able to verse 5 there was given to him see if this makes 
many connections for you. There was given to him a mouth speaking arrogant words and blasphemies and authority to act for 42 months was given to him. So I'm going to just, I'm going to just peer, peer over into Daniel chapter 7 real fast. So stay right here with me. We're going to get here. But I'm going to peer over into Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. We're not there yet, but listen. In Daniel 7, 25. And they will be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Now, without getting too technical with you on that, let me just tell you that's three and a half years. Okay, so when you're down here in Revelation 13, where was I? Verse 5. You know what 42 months is? That's three and a half years. So we're dealing with the same, the mouth, the horn, the, the eyes, the arrogant, boastful words, and authority to act for three and a half years was given to him. Same for same. Verse 6. And he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, that is, those who dwell in heaven. It was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation was given to him. All who dwell on the earth, verse 8, will worship him. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of life of the Lamb who has been slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is destined for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone kills with the sword, with the sword he must be killed. Here is the perseverance and the faith of the saints. So again, I don't have time to delineate on all that. I'm hoping that you saw some of the same contours that were identical in Daniel chapter 7. If you need any help with that, see Matt. He's always good with that. Or me. I love doing this too. Now, let's keep moving. Back to Daniel 7. Into verse 23 and 24. So 21 and 22, a horn waging war with the saints and overpowering them until the ancient of days came and passed judgment in favor of the, of the highest one. And the time arrived when the saints took possession of the kingdom. Verse 23, thus he said, the fourth beast will be a fourth kingdom on the earth, which will be different from all the other king kingdoms and will devour the whole earth. Did we see that in Revelation 13? Yes, we did. And will devour the whole earth and tread it down and crush it. There will be a one world governing power at the end of this earthly age. When that rock cut from heaven, the Son of Man comes and smashes the vile, wretched thing to pieces. We have not seen anything like this heretofore on planet Earth in our history. You cannot go back. I don't care how far you go back. You will not find a one world unified government that raises its head and wages war against the saints of the Most High that gets overpowered by a heavenly rock. As son of man. It's not there. You can look back and see Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Matter of fact. He said to Nebuchadnezzar. You're the head of gold. So we don't have to question. Where we jump in in history there. And then the rest of them flow pretty simply. Because we have a designated historical marker for us. And so the rest of those. 
body parts on the statue just kind of play themselves out, but you find nothing. There's nothing that you see. The Roman Empire was not a unified one-world governing authority that ruled the entire earth that led a, a war against God and his saints and his anointed for time, times, and half a time, for 42 months, for three and a half years. Haven't seen this. We're still waiting. Verse 24, as for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings will arise and another will arise after them and he will be different from the previous ones and will subdue three kings. So again, we're getting some of that same information with regard to the, the ten horns, the one small horn that overtakes the three horns, that becomes the bigger horn, that becomes the Antichrist who rules um, a, a united world power. He pulls those other beasts into his vortex he, he props them up he props up the bear keep eating meat he he leaves the lion alive but it's pretty decimated no wings it's standing on two feet we've been through all that so this is the um the the antichrist and his pulling these world powers together into one so again the little horn revelation 13 is somewhere in here because these all these nations and the nations of the earth get brought underneath this guy's, this dude's authority, and he's going to be making war against the saints and ultimately be destroyed by that son of man right there, the rock. So this is where we're at currently. And now notice verse 25. This is where I just took you briefly. In 25, he will speak out against the Most High. We're going to say the same thing again. Ready? He will speak out, this horn will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints of the highest one. And he will intend to make alterations in times and in law. So that's a little bit of new information. This one world governing authority, this antichrist, is going to make alterations in time and in law. And they may be so numerable that there's no need for us to try to speculate how many and which ones specifically they might be. In Daniel chapter 9, we will talk about that more specifically when we get to verse 24 through 27. But we're not there yet. That will be in 2024. <laughs> that's a joke. It'll be 2023. Okay. <laughs> Here Daniel sees um, this horn speaking out against the highest God of heaven and wearing down the saints of the highest one. And it says at the end, and they will be given into his hands, and that's what I just made mention of, for three and a half years, or 42 months, see Revelation 13. That's what the... Antichrist is going to do <laughs> against the saints of God and the God of heaven. But he wins. Light always wins. Overtakes darkness. Okay, can we still see everything? Good. We're good. That was kind of wild. That was interesting. Man, that was a dramatic effect right there. Amen. I better just start praying. If you're not saved, you better pray right now. Right now. Where was I, Royce? 25? Three and a half years? Now, I want to make a connection, another connection for you here with the teaching of Christ. From Daniel, excuse me, from Matthew, not Daniel, Matthew 24. I want to show you where Jesus teaches on this exact same thing regarding this exact very time.
when the little horn's going to speak out against the Most High and what? Wear down the saints of the highest one. They will be given into his hand for three and a half years. A time, that's one, that's one times, that's two and a half, that's three and a half. Notice where Jesus teaches on this exact same time. And I'm just dropping into the context of Matthew 24. You're going to have to be the Bereans and go and do a little more research in the broader context. But listen, Jesus said, For then there will be a great tribulation, such as has not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Unless those days had been cut short, no life would have been saved. So if you're wondering the severity of the Antichrist persecution as he's waging war against the saints, there is a severity of this. Unless those days, it was for a time, times, and half a time, three and a half years, no life would have been saved, but for the sake of the elect, and this is where God steps in from heaven, those days will be cut short. That's progressive revelation from Daniel 7. And perhaps following our resurrection Lord's Day would be a good time for me to insert what is inserted right here. But for the sake of the elect, those days, those days of the Antichrist persecution, those three and a half years, guess what? Praise God, will be cut short. Had they not been cut short, Jesus seems to imply that none of God's elect, none of God's saints would have survived. And it's the cutting short of those days and that, that's perhaps what's in need of an entire sermon and that would be with regard to the rapture of the church. When the cloud rider shows up and he gathers the elect from the four winds of the earth in order to preserve because had those days not been cut short, no life would be struck. We'll probably have a sermon on that, a premillennial view of the rapture and the timing of that, probably following our Lord's Day resurrection service. So that would be in two weeks. Are you interested? Well, I sure am. It's really vital information and it's really good to know. So Jesus has something to say about that as well. Truly important to know. Now, we've got to keep moving. Look at verse 26. But the court will sit for judgment, and his dominion will be taken away, annihilated, and destroyed forever. Again, vision one, ancient of days, takes a seat, thrones, judgment, books opened. Second vision, thrown into the fire, annihilated, destroyed forever. We're just seeing that same theme Spoken again and again, that rock from heaven that will smash the little horn, that will smash that conglomeration of a worn world government, see Revelation 13, and it will be destroyed and annihilated forever. Praise God. And then in verse 27, then the sovereignty, here's the fourth vision, the dominion and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven. Important language. The dominion. And the greatness of all the kingdoms I did a great word study on under. You know what it means? 
under the whole heaven. So if heaven's, heaven must be up here somewhere, and this is under it. The sovereignty, the dominion, and the greatness of all the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the people of the saints of the highest one. Seems to indicate that there's going to come a kingdom under the whole of heaven. I guess I'm taking that to be here on the earth. I don't know where else. Maybe in the mid-heavens it's floating. I don't think so. I think it's here on earth. Be given to the people of the saints. That's the one that the Ancient of Days uh, showed and granted favor towards as he smashed the beast. His kingdom will be an everlasting kingdom and all the dominions will serve and obey him. See where we're at here? Hurrah! Victory in Jesus, our Savior forever. This is our benediction, not really. Because I'm almost there. I got something else I need to show you. But this is where we're, we're getting to at the end of verse 27. To God be the glory. The best is yet to come. And then he wraps up in verse 28. This ends Daniel 7. At, that, at this point, the revelation ended as for me, Daniel. My thoughts were greatly alarming me. My face grew pale, but I kept the matter to myself. seems that he kept the matter to himself. He ruminated over this. And eventually, God moved him to write, and he wrote a book for us, and it got inscripturated and canonized so that we could know these very details. Now, I've got about five minutes, and I want to show you Revelation 19. I want to show you what all of those four visions look like in an earthly vision on planet Earth. You ready? It's really good. Just take me five minutes, tops. Verse 11. And I saw, I saw heaven. This is the Apostle John. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. Here we see the rock from heaven. On a white horse. He's faithful and true. The son of man. He's coming to judge. And bringing war with him. Verse 12. His eyes are a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him. Which no one knows. Except himself. He is clothed with a robe. Dipped in blood. And his name is called. The word of God. And the armies which are in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. So here in verse 14, we see movement. We see in verse 11, the Son of Man on a white horse, faithful and true, robe dipped in blood, named as the Word of God. And here we've got the armies of heaven also on white horses, and they are following him. From his mouth, the one in the lead, came a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. So where is he headed? If he's in heaven and he's got the armies of heaven following with him and he's going to strike the nations, what movement, what direction is he making? It's from heaven to earth. So that with it he may strike down the nations. Remember the little horn waging war against the saints? And overpowering them. And had that time not been cut short. Even the elect of God wouldn't have survived. Well once now moving. That rock the, the son of God is moving from heaven with armies. And he's moving to earth to strike 
nations. Because the Ancient of Days gives the victory to his kids. So that with it he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. That's his activities on earth. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. 17, then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying to all the birds which fly in mid-heaven, come, assemble for the great supper of God, so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves and small and great. Now notice verse 19 closely. And I saw the beast. There's the little horn, friends. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth. There's his united king, kings with him, the other beasts of the earth, the other nations that he pulled together as a one united nation. Remember uh, Revelation 13, they all came out and they all, it was all brought in together into one. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. The beast here, the Antichrist, the final war, one world ruler of men is seen together with the other kings of the earth. And they have assembled themselves, it says, for the exclusive purpose of waging war against God and his heavenly host. And you may recall... There back in Daniel 7, we saw in verses 20 and 21 in Daniel 7. Remember we saw that the beast was um, destroyed, utterly destroyed, and then the other beasts were granted an extension of life. Remember that? We see that right here. Revelation 20 and 21. And the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone. Daniel saw the beast being thrown into burning fire and destroyed. John in his revelation sees, there, with progressive revelation, now we know there's a false prophet attached to him. More on that to come later when we get to the book of Revelation. Uh, bear with me, we'll get there eventually. They're thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns forever. But an extension of life was granted to the others. And notice, verse 21, and the rest... The rest weren't thrown alive immediately into the lake of fire because an extension of life was given for a period of time. It doesn't say what kind of period of time. And more than likely, it's not a very long period of time at all. But it doesn't really matter exactly the, the duration of, the, of that time because we see in 21, and the rest of the kings of the earth were killed. Yes, I inserted that, but that's clearly implied. And the rest of those beasts, the rest of those nations, the rest of those kings of the earth that were with the beast, under his authority, under his leadership, the rest were killed with the sword, 
which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. There we see Daniel 11 and verse 20, and we see Daniel 12 and verse 21. The little horn destroyed the rest of the kings of the earth, ultimately destroyed, thrown into the lake of fire. And who gets the kingdom forever and ever? The rock, the son of man, who came from heaven on the white horse with the armies of heaven, destroyed all the, all the earthly nations, the one world government that raged war against him. They're destroyed, they're utter, utterly destroyed, and a kingdom under the heavens gets established for the saints of the God Most High. And there we have Daniel 7, my friends. Isn't that beautiful? God chose to give us a revelation of things to come, not that we'd be afraid, but that we would have knowledge. Because knowledge is power and truth sets us free. We have eyes to see and we're to be like the men of Issachar who are observant of our days and observant of our times. We're not to be setting dates. We're not to be trying to speculate all the winds, but we know it's coming. So as you see the movements of this world, movement, and you see things happening that make absolutely no sense. Why would they, why this, why that? Just keep in mind, you just keep your, you just keep your nose in the book. The greater you understand the revelation of God, the more in focus you can start truly seeing the things that are happening around us on planet earth because a king is coming he's coming don't leave here today without knowing king jesus personally and intimately that would be one of the gravest mistakes you've ever made in your entire life having sat under the teaching of daniel 7 revelation 13 and revelation 19 this revelation was given to daniel way before you were born let's put it that way and to the Apostle John some 2,000 years ago, God was gracious enough to give us a revelation from heaven that's not impossible to understand. It's actually fairly simple and straightforward. When you start kind of piecing it out and parceling it together, it makes sense. be the gravest mistake you ever made today if you left this sanctuary not knowing Christ Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he whose name is the Word of God, whose robe is dipped in blood, who's coming to destroy the, the, his, his enemies on earth, those who have rejected him for all time and to set up a kingdom forever and ever and ever. If it's your heart's desire to want to do that today, don't leave without coming. I'll be right down here. I'm the only guy in this checkered-looking shirt. You'll find me. It like, sticks out like a sore thumb. You can't miss me. Come find me out there in the lobby right down here. Let's talk. We don't do altar calls. We don't play just as I am 10 times saying someone must come. If you want to come today, you'll come. And you'll come find me. I'm standing right here. For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, might this be a word of encouragement to you to be heralders of the gospel of Jesus Christ. People need the Lord. This is coming. It's real. It's true. We'll talk about the rapture because some of you are thinking, yeah, but we're going to be out of here before any of that happens. Well, in pre-millennial eschatology, there is a very popular view that would state that. And we're going to cover that very clearly. But there's four, three other views within premillennial theology that you need to hear about. Two that are maybe not as important and one that might be. We'll get there. That's a little teaser to get you back, right? I hope it works. I really love seeing you and love seeing you have a desire to know God through his word. Let's pray.